Good morning, everybody. It's May 17th, Monday. And I'm here with a sobering podcast. It is time for us to get moving. All over this country, the battle to vote and the battle for democracy is robust. It's raging. And today I want to focus on the state of Mississippi. Mississippi. It's a state that terrifies most or many liberals. It's a state that has terrorized many African Americans. And it's a state that today is indicative. It's the canary in the coal mine of what's going on in this country around democracy. I want to talk about it. And I fully intend for this podcast to be a terrifying reality check for where we are as a country. I wish I wish it wasn't so. I wish that we could just bask and enjoy the coming out of COVID that we're slowly doing as a country and the returning of jobs and the fact that the Democrats have majorities in both chambers of Congress, very narrow, but yes, majorities and a president. But we can't do that. We cannot do that. We have to renew our spirits and our call to work. On Friday in Mississippi, three days ago, the state Supreme Court issued a decision. The decision was about whether a ballot initiative in 2020 that passed with the voting, with the support, significant support of the voting public, uh, was constitutional or not. The ballot initiative's language was fine. The, um, the numbers of votes more than, more than, uh, uh, superseded the number needed to pass a ballot initiative. What was that consideration for the court? Was the fact that the ballot initiative petition gatherers, which every state, if you're going to get something as an initiative, you have to retrieve or you no know, uh, earn or get signatures, a certain number of signatures from the citizens of the state. It's often the case in many states that you have to get those signatures distributed across different geographical areas of the state um, so that you can show that there's significant citizen interest in this in a range of places. That's not uncommon in states. The situation in Mississippi is that the, the state constitution modified in the 1990s requires ballot initiative gather uh, petition gatherers to get ballot signatures in five buckets five different geographic areas of the state um, according that that correspond to five congressional districts you need to get one-fifth of your ballot signatures from each of the districts okay 
20% for each of the districts, each of the congressional districts. That's what the Supreme, that's what the uh, Constitution was amended to say in the 1990s in the state of Mississippi. Um, in, in 2021, the state of Mississippi only has four congressional districts. Four. They've lost a seat. I don't know if they lost it in 2000 or 2010, but they lost a seat due to population stagnancy. And so they're, they have four congressional districts. Four. One would think that the interpretation of the state constitution would simply be that you thus need to get one-fourth of each of your signatures for the ballot initiative to pair up with each congressional district, and thus 25% of your signatures from each district. But the Supreme Court did not interpret the, the Constitution that way. Instead, reading the text, literally, they said, you need them from five congressional districts. And they then said, we don't have five congressional districts. We have four. And thus, they concluded that petition gathering, the initiative signature gathering, was achieved under a statute, under a system that is no longer constitutional because it didn't meet the five congressional district standard, and it doesn't meet what the Constitution says, and thus it's unconstitutional in the state. And they threw it out. They threw out the initiative. And they said the only way that this can be resolved is to amend the Constitution and make it so that it now aligns with the number of congressional districts. Since no one can today get one-fifth of the signatures from each of five congressional districts because five congressional districts don't exist. So you can't achieve an initiative that way. They said the amendment the Constitution must be amended. The only way to amend the Constitution is with an initiative in the state or the state legislature to do so. The Republican-dominated state legislature is not interested in amending the Constitution on this point because the initiative process is used by liberals in the state. So that just isn't going to happen. And this decision by the Supreme Court in Mississippi threw out the medical marijuana decision of 2020, the initiative, and also uh, sunk desires for ballot initiatives in 2021. And you know what those two were on? One was on the expansion of voting rights in the state, and second, the expansion of Medicaid in the state. Both of those obviously liberal pursuits, they are out the door unless the Constitution gets amended in short order. Not going to happen. The Mississippi Supreme Court has decided something that leaves an untenable response. Undoable response for anybody who doesn't hold the levers of power in the in the in the state legislature. It's maddening. It's a statement about the inability for democracy to work, to function. Now, why, why pay attention to this? Two reasons. One, it's an indication 
of the extremism that is present in the assault on democracy. There is not a desire to make it work under different terms or in new ways. There's the desire to destroy it, to destroy it, to allow legislatures to overturn the will of voters, to stop the public from being able to put popular ballot initiatives on a ballot. In, in several states across the country, Republicans have made it more difficult in new laws this, this year to not only vote, but also to get initiatives on the ballot because the initiative process has become a mechanism for progressive slash liberal slash Democrats to end around, to get around the log jams that Republican leadership have created in the legislature and in the governorships. So in several states, the threshold for the number of signatures or how to gather the signatures or who can gather the signatures or how much time they have to gather the signatures has been adjusted. In Mississippi, they just threw out the system. There is no mechanism. So the first reason I highlight this is because the response by Republicans is not only around voter ID and making it harder to vote. It is about destroying the democracy that we enjoy in this country. The second reason I highlight this is because Mississippi is a canary in the coal mine. Mississippi is a state that has historically been in any, a uh, measuring stick, an indicator of just how bad the racism, the poverty, the uh, the massive resistance to government is in this country. It is out of Mississippi that we see things that tell us something about our country. In the 1960s, one of the leaders of the civil rights movement, a guy by the name of Bob Moses, devoted his, his life to working in Mississippi for voter registration and justice. And Moses had been a teacher in the state of New York. And then in 1960, went south for, to do some work for the summer, went back to teach in New York, and then moved to the south to do this work. And he was one of the architects of Freedom Summer of 1964. But he had been there for several years before that. Moses... Uh, a, a person I've had the privilege to meet one time in an evening here in Seattle. Uh, just a brilliant, jeez, oh, just so thoughtful human being. Moses in the 1960s said, when you are in Mississippi, it's impossible to believe that the rest of America exists. And, Moses said, when you're outside of Mississippi, anywhere else in America, it's impossible to believe that Mississippi exists. It is a state that tells us what the worst could be. The worst assaults on democracy, the worst racism, some of the worst poverty 
could be. It's a state I've been to a number of times as part of some civil rights trips to the South, and it it is breathtaking. There are also people in Mississippi who are the most courageous, strongest, um, amazing people. And I have such respect for them, for the way that they have fought for a better world. There is a third reason I want to talk about Mississippi today. Because the United States Supreme Court, not the Mississippi State Supreme Court, but the United States Supreme Court, about 30 minutes ago, just announced that it would be taking up a a lawsuit next term. The term will begin this fall. The decision will be issued in late spring of 2022. They will be taking up a lawsuit over a Mississippi state law that bans all, pretty much all abortions. This law would restrict pretty much all abortions in the state. It is a law that was passed two years ago after the the conservative kind of uh, agenda saw that the court was now going to be firmed up with a conservative majority once Brett Kavanaugh got placed on it in uh, in the court. And now with Amy Coney Barrett on it, they believe they have the majority that they need to overturn Roe v. Wade or to significantly restrict it. The United States Supreme Court is going to decide on this. They're going to assess it. They're going to consider the status of women's ability to control their bodies. This Mississippi case could be an Alabama case. It could be a Georgia case. It could be an Arkansas case because those states have passed similar laws. But Mississippi's is the most extreme because that's what Mississippi does. It's the most extreme. Ten days ago, the governor of Mississippi said that they would no longer um, implement unemployment insurance to people under the Relief Act, that they wanted to stop doing this, making the case that people weren't going to work because they somehow were getting too high of benefits. It is the canary in the coal mine for how bad it can get. And it can get really, really bad. We know that when Barack Obama became president, the response against him was so substantial that the Republicans swept into power in the U.S. House, swept state legislatures across the country, gerrymandered based upon those that sweeping using the census data from 2010 and continue to have power in state after state because of the way they've drawn the district lines. That eventually spurred the Tea Party response to Obama, eventually spurred 
Donald Trump's emergence. And we exist today in a polarized America in which democracy, racism, sexism, anti-transphobia also being passed in a number of these same states laws there is a, is running rampant the the price of freedom and liberty is eternal vigilance we do not get the ability to take days off and to coast if you're white in America, you're used to having chosen days off, maybe years off, maybe many years off. If you're a person of color in this country, you know there are no days off. There are never days off when the color of your skin is darker. We, we need to move. We need to work to block bad laws in state legislatures. We need to mobilize publicly. We need to seek to win elections in Texas and then in Georgia. We at Common Power are committed to action. And it is the case right now that it is time to start acting. When you cross the bridge in Selma, the Edmund Pettus Bridge, the bridge marched across by those who fought for their voting, the right to vote in the 1960s. And they were on their way marching to Montgomery when they were badly beaten by Alabama state police and local sheriffs and his deputies. When you come across the bridge there, there's a series of markers. Might, might call them memorials. Maybe they're, they're, they honor the people who died in the Selma movement and the people who did work there. And there is one of them that honors John Lewis. And John Lewis had a number of things that he would say to inspire, to catalyze other members of the, of the movement. And one of them was, when we pray, we move our feet. And that's what we need to do. If we really want to win the democracy, and build a more just and inclusive democracy for all racial groups, for all genders. Then we have to recognize that the struggle today for democracy is as potent as ever. I'm reading a book about how it is that Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement worked with Lyndon Johnson to pass the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act. I'll be doing a lecture 
like a couple lectures on that in July. I wake up this morning determined, angry about what's happening, and also catalyzed. Let's move our feet, folks. Let's move them. I'm literally moving them. I was out walking this morning. Let's move them in the work for democracy. Okay? Thanks, folks. The fight to vote is on our shoulders. It is on our shoulders.